If you asked me to tell you what I felt is the trickiest group of patterns to teach new students as they're developing their conversation skills and their ability to uh, communicate their feelings, it would be found in hour 26. If you tap on the header here and go to hour 26, this hour deals with could, would, and should. And it takes a while for new students to get used to this pattern, this group of patterns, but in the intro here I try to give them a guide to give them an overview of what they'll be hearing. This, these group of patterns, I could, I would, and I should, are used a great deal in conversation because they refer to possibilities. And possibilities are always being expressed in conversation. So there are three different PDFs which we will go over here, which you can simply, when you tap on them, they come out. You can print them out if you wish to use them to help to uh, teach your students. I find that it's best to teach could, would, and should together because they follow some of the same rules as a pattern. If in this uh, particular um, PDF here is the one which gives them the best overview in the beginning. And the way that I try to explain it to students is that these three patterns revolve around three nuances of feelings. One is when you want to express a weak possibility, which is used when could is used. When you want to express a good possibility of something happening, where would is used. And when you want to express a sense of judgment, a possibility of a judgment, good or bad, and that is done with should. So you have would, could, and should. The patterns only deal with the, the future and the past. There is no present tense um, expressed here. And as you can see here, it can be used with the verb or with the adjectives, as you see. One of the key stumbling blocks to this to the use of this pattern is found at the beginning here. It's in the if portion of the pattern. And I put an asterisk here, and if you go to the bottom here, part of the confusion which is related to this pattern is that you can either use the present tense here or the past tense, and it makes doesn't make any difference. And I'll show you in a, one of the other printouts what I mean there. But you can say here, if she comes, I could help her. If she came, I could help her. It is exactly the same. 
one of the other problems with this this uh, getting a hold of the uh, getting a hold of this pattern is that in many cases the if part of the sentence is not even used because everybody sort of understands you know the situation and the, just this part of the um, pattern is used you know I could do it she could um, um, she could have met me if everybody knows what you're talking about if portion of the sentence is dropped because everybody understands what you're referring to. The same thing goes with the would and the could. You see that I have the asterisks here and you can use either the present or the past tense here. In the past form, when you're referring to things in the past, if she came I could have told her You can use either the past tense or had and the, the past participle. So if she came, I could have told her. If she had come, I could have told her. It is the same. To make things really simple for the students in the beginning, what I tell them is, just always use the past tense until you get used to it. It will always make you sound good either in the, f the future or the past because the past is used in either one. So once you get used to using this, then you can branch out and become more comfortable using the other variation. But could always expresses a weak possibility a good possibility if she came I would talk to her there's a good possibility that you, you you would talk to her if she came I could you know it's just a a small change in feeling and in the nuance but I always try to relate to them that would is a better possibility than could now when they're listening to native speakers they will uh, hear them using this and we use it quite unconsciously uh, to express our feelings, you know. So either could or would. Should always reflects a judgment, either good or bad. You should do it, you shouldn't do it. You know, it's a, like a mother's talking to their children. Um, you know, you know, to a little three or four year old, you shouldn't do it, you shouldn't do it. They're, you know, trying to teach their children. You know, rarely would they say, you would do it, you would do it, you wouldn't do it, you wouldn't do it. That th These are, um, you know, more adult uh, um, themes when you're talking to people. But children learn early on that should reflects a judgment. But these the consistency in the formation of the pattern with the if side of the pattern is the same with all three. So, for example, I've, uh, let me move these over a little bit. Well, I can't do it right, but uh, in the future tense where I, where I have, the, you can use either the present or the past. If she, he comes, he could do it. He would do it, he should do it. If he came, this is the past tense, he could do it, he would do it, he should do it. You would be splitting hairs if you tried to explain to a student the difference between these. 
So, in the beginning, just tell them it's the same, is what I do. In the past tense, they can use either the past or had in the, for the, the past participle. If he came, he could have done it, he would have done it, he should have done it. If he had come, he could have done it. If he would have done it, he should have done it. So, once again, you'll see that the past form is used in both. So, in the beginning, I usually um, have students, if I see them stumbling, just use, I tell them just use the past tense. The, the other tricky thing about this pattern is that let me move this, is that there are short forms of this when, when people speak very quickly. And that is, um, you know, in the past tense. I could have, I should have, uh, I could have, I would have, and I should have. These are the short written forms. I could have gone, could have gone if you speak very slowly. But in conversation, people speak fast, so I could have gone. And this short form here often sounds like of, I could have gone. Simply, I could have gone. It's just simpler to say. Now, these are not written forms. They are not grammatically correct. But it sounds like this when people speak fast. And if you were to repeat after me, just repeat these. I could have gone. I could have gone. I could have gone. I could have gone. Which one sounds, or which one is easier to say? This one is easier to say. I could have gone. I could have met her. I could have talked. I could have taken it. Grammatically, these are correct. In conversation, oftentimes these short forms are used. I would have, I would have, I'd have done it. I would have done it, I would have done it. I should have done it, I should have done it, I should have done it, I should have done it. So, um, the complexity of the pattern you'll find is not only with the understanding whether it's a weak possibility or a good possibility, the use of the past or the present or the, these, uh, the, the um, had in the past participle. It's, always a, it's also a bit confused by the fact that you have these shorter forms when they hear the native speaker talk. So how do you practice this? How do you get the, the students used to using these patterns, which will take a while. What we do is have a variety of different exercises here. Uh, this only reviews the patterns 25, uh, patterns 26, I should say. The PDF on the side, if you tap it, is a verbatim of what you will find in the videos. You know, if you met me, would you have said that? You know, there's 
so there's a variety of different um, um, examples that the people can use here to practice both hearing and speaking. The student in these all of these exercises have the opportunity to either repeat what I say or answer the questions if there's a question format in there. So the student speaks just as much as I speak. In the introduction, it's, you know, they simply listen to what is being said passively. In all these other exercises that you find here, these are the students, there's giving time after each of the questions or sentence made for them to answer. You'll also find um, with this that we begin to review patterns that we learned from our first hour together. And they can all be involved with, with these patterns of should, would, and could. We then move into um, a variety of different Photogra photographs, which questions are uh, formulated. And there is time in all of these for the students to answer. The students have to begin to speak. Just passively listening is um, will take them a lot longer to speak. You know, if they're just listening to speak, people speak, they just might as well sit in front of a TV and watch sitcoms. But what I do is I force them to talk because I leave this empty space between what I've said. There's a time lag and in that time lag they will have a chance to answer in all of these. There's a review and um, some tips for the teacher should uh, a teacher want further um, insight. So the trickiest patterns in English that I find to teach is here. If you have a student who can master these, you're well on the way to developing good ways to express yourself and your ability to hear and feel what other people are saying will be greatly enhanced. Thank you.